Fake news, a side of slander with a sprinkle of defamation. The mainstream sports and news media has some splaining to do. And we're about to call it all out because the show starts right now. Let's take a trip down memory lane, shall we? Back to the good old days of the Trump presidency when we had not only a successful country, not only a fearless leader, but a president who used his bully pulpit to call out the fake news media. And boy, when he started calling out the fibbers, the exaggerators, and the downright liars in the media, they sure did get upset. He was a threat to democracy, to the fourth estate, to journalism as a whole, they said. Well, in actuality, the biggest threat to all of those things wasn't and isn't Donald Trump. It's the biased, dishonest, and agenda-driven hacks that couldn't care less about seeking the truth and reporting it if the facts get in the way of a good old witch hunt, or in the case of Hunter Biden, a cover-up. But that crap didn't end when they kicked Trump off social media or when he left office. Oh, no, the fake news machine is alive and it's well. Take this little incident, for example. USA Today has removed 23 articles, 23 fabricated articles from its website after it was discovered the journalists, and I use that term loosely, identified as Gabriella Miranda, a breaking and trending news reporter, mind you, fudged some quotes and attributed others to the wrong people or organizations. But don't worry, USA Today promises to do better in the future. How reassuring. It's always the same song and dance. The media rushes to put something out, either to be first, to be controversial, or torpedo someone. And if what they're putting out happens to be inaccurate or even just a total lie, all they have to do is issue a little correction at the bottom of the page or put out a half-hearted apology, and that's about it. Never mind the person, people, organizations, or entities that were negatively impacted in the first place. Their reputations have already been damaged or tainted with little to nothing to show for it. And that's why we call it the fake news media. Now, that is not to say all media is fake or all journalists are reckless, careless, biased, or agenda-driven. Of course not. In fact, it's the ones with integrity that should be the most upset with this new era of publish now, check later journalism. But it's not just political or news media that's been infected with this. Oh, no. Sports media is just as guilty. Take this clip from ESPN just last week. Somebody died in that situation. Five people, at least My five. Son plays at baseball. least five. At least five at people. Least five. My son plays base played baseball here where we live with a with a father where his son plays on the same team as my son did with a father that was a Capitol Police that's still recovering from injuries from the the quote unquote dust up at the Capitol. With all the resources, the hordes of producers, the hands on deck to produce that show, and no one thought, wow, perhaps we shouldn't throw out a death toll without fact-checking it first. Five people did not die at the Capitol on January 6th. One person did, and it was Ashley Babbitt, and likely wrongfully at that. Now, as a supporter and advocate of law enforcement, I was also deeply disturbed and saddened at how officers were treated that day and find it wholly unacceptable. Some were likely scarred for life mentally and physically. However... To say at least five people died when at least five people did not die is also unacceptable, and it's fake news. Stephen A. Smith needs to be held accountable for that, but was he? I don't think so. Look, I'm in the media. I've been wrong, never intentionally, but I've been wrong, and I will always apologize when I am. Now, 
Don't get that twisted. I won't apologize for offending people with the truth or with my deeply held convictions, beliefs, or opinions, but I will apologize when I'm wrong. Not just because it's the right thing to do, but also because as a conservative, I don't get the same luxury as Stephen A. Smith or others in the leftist woke media. And that's okay. Conservatives will always be held to a different standard that we should be happy to meet or even exceed. But you can count on the fact I will always call out a double standard when I see it. Bet on that. And up next, that's exactly what we're going to do because Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is a patriot, a conservative, and a pull-no-punches badass, but she's certainly no escort. She joins me next to set the record straight on that lie and more. That's next. Welcome back. Now, it's no secret the unloving and intolerant left is all about believing, supporting, empowering, and uplifting women. Oh, wait, you thought they meant all women? Oh, no, wrong. When it comes to conservative women, especially the powerhouse, take-no-crap, election-winning kind, the left and their auxiliary band of hacks, crooks, and liars will stop at nothing, even flat-out lying, to drag their names through the mud. It's happened to me more than once. I've been accused of having my nose done. I haven't. I've been accused of shoplifting from Target. No, that didn't happen either. And like the accusations thrown out at Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, I've also been accused of being a prostitute. Nope, not that either. But the folks that went after Lauren Boebert aren't just bloggers or internet trolls. They're part of a Democrat pack called American Muckrakers Pack. They put out false information claiming she was a paid escort who met clients on a sugar daddy website and had two abortions. I guess the pack didn't follow Michelle Obama's advice of when they go low, you go high, since what they did is about the lowest of the low. But Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is fighting back, and she joins me now. Congresswoman, thank you so much for being with me. I know it's been quite a couple of weeks for you, especially on Twitter. <laughs> the left uh, loves taking jabs at you, and especially when they think that they can really call you out for something, they, uh, they really lick their chops at that one. So I know some of the backstory of what happened here, but can you just set the record straight once and for all for my viewers on this whole nonsense about you being an escort on a sugar daddy website for crying out loud? Right, uh, Tommy, these are all lies. And you know, isn't it interesting that this is coming from the party of believe all women. I am not the only one that this has happened to. Uh, we, we know that they've lied about you as you stated. They've lied about Sarah Palin and nearly every conservative fighter. Heck, even Mother Jones, a far left-leaning publication, called these sexist and disgusting claims. Conservative women are targets of the mainstream media, but that makes us so much stronger. I've never had two abortions. I've never had any abortions. I've never been an escort. I've never been a drug addict, as they claim, a stripper or whatever else they want to add to that. And over the last few days, verifiable facts uh, will be released that prove what I said. That proves that uh, these allegations are absolutely false. But here's what's so sad, Tommy. The damage has been done. These allegations trended number one on Twitter. When Mr. Wheeler and this pack released some of their allegations, they knew them to be false. Their source told them in a text, and I quote, this story is made up. When they said that I was some woman in lingerie in a bed, that photo was proven not to be me. And these six hacks still publish the photo and continue to double down saying that it was me. So I'm not taking this uh, quietly. I won't allow this illegal behavior to continue to happen against myself. And I certainly never want this to happen to anyone else. And that's why I'm moving forward on a lawsuit to sue this pack. They lied about me and they knew that it was lies. And that is absolutely illegal. It's just like a bully on a playground. Uh, when, when they can't win, they'll punch you in the face. But uh, I'm fighting back. 
Well, thank goodness that you are. You know, it's a defamation case, so the burden of proof is really high. So it's not like you're going to make a boatload of money off of this. But this really is just to set the record straight and also put these people in their place. This is not the first time they've come after you. They've come after you on multiple occasions with other lies, not quite as salacious or scandalous as this one. But they've come after you before, and they knew it to be false then. Then they come out with this one. And you're right, they still plaster that photo that people think is you. Now, there are a lot of low-information voters, viewers out there that are going to see that photo. And even though it's been mm -hmm. disproven, they're still going to believe that that's you. And I can't imagine how frustrating that must be for you. Uh, that is very frustrating. You know, I, I serve a very rural district and, uh, you know, a lot of times people glance at a headline and then move on. And so now it is my responsibility to educate the voters in my district about the, the reasons that I'm really here and, and what I'm actually doing to fight for freedom. You know, I, I want to be clear that while this isn't fun, uh, I've had family members asking if some of the photos floating around um, with, with two nearly naked men with me. And I had to make it very clear, no, I do not own a headband. That could never be me. Um, but yeah, this really sucks. And it, but it will not distract me from doing what I set out to do. And that's defend freedom. I will not let my four boys grow up in a socialist nation. We know that freedom is one generation away from extinction. So I'm doing my part, Tommy. And I know that you're doing your part to ensure that in America, Freedom will reign for years to come. And I think it's important to notice who didn't report on these baseless allegations. The Washington Post, CNN, even a reporter at the New York Times told the office that they weren't touching this with a thousand foot pole, probably because Nick Sandman and Kyle Rittenhouse, they learned their lesson. So we'll teach them the same lesson to other, uh, to other outlets. But also we need to take a look at big tech. They silenced the true Hunter Biden laptop story. They blocked the truth about COVID. But when lies are being spread about a conservative, they let it trend number one on Twitter and offer up zero fact checks against it. I'm not for censoring speech, but when big tech is censoring one side and allowing false allegations to spread freely against conservatives, we're going to have to take a look at that. And when it's been disproven, and the, by the way, the escort website said that you were never on that site. The website itself came out and corrected them, but it, it doesn't stop it from trending. And then when it's all been disproven and your name has been completely cleared, it's not like that's going to trend, number one. And I'm glad that you brought up some of the mainstream media that would love to go after you. I'm sure they would love for this story to be true, but they wouldn't touch right. it because, like you said, they're a little head shy now because of some of the lawsuits, as they should be. But big tech, boy, they can just run hog wild. And it's not just big tech. It's some of the folks on the left who have really successful right. and popular YouTube channels, the Young Turks being one mm -hmm. of those groups. I don't know why they call them the Young Turks because they all look like they're in their 50s at this point. But I have a clip of them, uh, one in particular, going after you. I want to play that because I think it deserves mm -hmm. to be called out. So, um, look, does this put her in a tough spot if she actually is completely innocent and, and hadn't engaged in anything, um, including the escort uh, allegation or the abortions? Sure. Uh, but at the same time, she has no problem putting every woman in America in a tough spot by essentially letting the government decide what she can and can't do with her body. So I know that there are a few people on the left who are like, these aren't completely confirmed and tisk tisk. We must show everyone how good and moral we are and how pure we are. And we must be kind to this woman who is stripping us of our rights. Yeah, I don't, I'm not interested in playing that way. 
Uh, Congresswoman, that woman is so nasty and so disgusting, but essentially what she was saying there is, hey, listen, these allegations, they're probably false, and it's really horrible that someone would say that about a woman, but because you're pro-life, it's okay, we can go after you. I mean, the, right. what yes. they could get she away with. She's not interested in playing that way. She's not interested in actually hearing out the facts and hearing my side of the story. I'm absolutely pro-life. I have four children. I, I've lost one child through a miscarriage um, in between my third and fourth child. And that was something that was very, very devastating. Uh, that was a life that was lost on the inside of me. But certainly, I've never had an abortion. And I, I have never even considered that. Um, so for these allegations to come forward, and especially with the pro-life stance, um, that I have, you know, that is uh, very, very devastating to me and, uh, and to everything that I'm called to do as a public servant. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sent here to have integrity and to be truthful and to lay out the facts and to propose solutions. And so when people attack me personally, they are, uh, they are going against all of the policies that I'm here defending and the people back at home that I swore to be a voice for and represent. But that's what the left does, Tommy. They cannot win on their merits. They cannot win on the facts or, or on the policies even. We are all paying the price for bad policies from the left. So they want to have the politics of personal destruction and try to tear you down. They try to say, oh, well, you can't listen to Lauren Boebert. She's an idiot because she doesn't have a, a high school diploma or a college education. She only has a GED. She's only worked at McDonald's and opened up restaurants and uh, you know, I mean, all, all of these things. And, and that's really not enough. Hey, I would much rather have somebody serving in public office who has signed the front of a paycheck than someone who has only been in public service their entire life. Like let's say, oh, Joe Biden. Um, but these are the kind of people that they are fine to prop up, and then they want to tear us down, uh, who, who are actually here to defend America, to defend our way of life, to defend the Constitution. And this is what the American people are absolutely sick of, and this is what they hate about politics. And this is a pattern. Of course, they did this to Donald Trump with the fake dossier with all of that salacious yes. garbage in it. But they've done it to so many conservatives. They've done it to conservatives in media, but they've done it to many conservatives in politics. And there are no repercussions. Let's just imagine for a moment, I do a show here on Outkick. Let's just imagine for a moment that everything was flip-flopped and I was doing a show and I was talking about AOC with the same allegations that they put against you. And I was saying that AOC was an escort on a sugar daddy website. Can you imagine what they would do to me if I put that out there and said, you know what, it may or may not be true, but let me just go ahead and throw it out. I would no longer have a show. That's how hard they would come for me to cancel me. But the Young Turks, still alive and well, still posting on YouTube every day. They go after women. They are shameless. What do we do to hold big tech accountable? Because we're never going to have the Young Turks be decent human beings interested in the truth. But what about big tech? Because they claim to serve all of us, and they're clearly not. Right. Well, uh, Tommy, you're right. You would be canceled for making allegations like that, um, as would I. They, they try to cancel us anyway, even without doing anything um, so egregious. Uh, but big tech absolutely needs to be held accountable. Um, I, I was loving the direction that Elon Musk was taking this, uh, was taking Twitter and taking it private. And in fact, I mean, I even saw a massive growth in my Twitter followers when that announcement first came out. But um, don't worry, the, uh, the trolls at Twitter are back and they are uh, throttling everyone back and making sure that we do not have this outreach. But the American people have to say enough is enough. And I think we are seeing that nationwide. I am out uh, in my district with my constituents on a regular basis and people are fed up. We have to be involved at every level. We need to be in our school board meetings. We need to be at our, our city council meetings, our board of county commissioner meetings. 
you know, the news is designed um, to only focus on what's happening nationally. So you think that you cannot have a, the, the ability to actually make an impact in your government at home. That is by design. And, and they push these false stories that nobody can do anything about, nobody can disprove, or if they do, then it's just buried at the bottom of, of some other story. And uh, people need to realize that, that we all have a part in redirecting this country and all of us taking a stand, doing our part to serve our country and, and every level. But big tech, Tommy, absolutely needs to be held accountable. Section 230 is something that we are absolutely going after when Republicans are back in the majority. I hope we get the Senate back. Uh, and, and we can start actually investigating and having hearings on what's really going on with big tech and holding these people accountable and, and putting forward real legislation that's, that's not just titled something amazing, but that the text actually matches the title and does something productive to provide a solution. Interesting. On Twitter, you can't say that masks are useless, but you can call someone an mm -hmm. escort and get away with it. Well, Congresswoman, thank you right. so much for being here. I'm sorry you're going through this, but if there's anybody that can handle it and that can fight back, even censorship and shadow banning at all, at all, it's you, and I, I'm so glad to talk to you. Keep fighting the good fight because you're blazing a trail, and maybe you'll teach these people a lesson they deserve. Thank you so much, Tommy. I have tough skin, a tender heart, a good God, and great lawyers. There, there you go. I love it. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. All right, up next, we are in Tennessee, and this is Vols country. That's why I was even more outraged when ESPN, shocker, made up this lie about my next guest, Tennessee baseball's Evan Russell. He joins me next in the studio. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. He failed a drug test, and so Evan Russell is suspended for the rest of the season. So Tennessee is going to have the whole rest of the team tested tomorrow, or the NCAA is, so it's going to be interesting to see if that's just one, a one-player thing or if it's throughout the entire program. Performance-enhancing drugs is what was said. That's a big blow to the balls. Yeah, you heard that right. ESPN's own Troy Eklund stated on air that my next guest failed a performance-enhancing drug test, and that's why he was unavailable to play the game against Alabama State, though no official report stated that was the case. It was all just speculation. Wow, ESPN, you're willing to put that kind of career-damaging speculation out there on a whim? Just wow. Now, the announcer did issue an on-air but off-camera apology in a later broadcast, but perhaps that was a little too late. Joining me now is Tennessee Vol, ba Tennessee Vol Baseball's own Evan Russell. All right, this is the first time you're talking about this, so I feel incredibly lucky. It's probably because you're a good friend of my fiancé, who is also a Tennessee Vol, so I'm happy that you're here, but you have to explain this to me. This guy just goes on ESPN of all places. This isn't like a local Knoxville broadcast and says just, I don't know, he felt like it, that you failed a performance-enhancing drug test. What were you thinking? What was the team thinking when you heard that? You know, it, it was kind of a, a shocking, you know, statement to be heard, um, especially uh, if you knew me, you knew the team. Um, it, it was not so anything, any of it was true. Um, but to hear someone go on, on, you know, live television and say that, uh, without any sort of, you know, um, evidence at all. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of wild. What did your head coach, Tony, what did he say about all of that? I'm sure he was pretty upset. I mean, not only did they accuse you of it, but that statement there, they said, you know, now they're going to have to test the whole team. This is going to be a big blow to the whole team. At that point, you guys were probably Omaha bound, it seemed like. That's a big blow, and that's a lot to put on your team. You know, it, it, it comes from a lot of, of success that the team was having. Um, you know, Coach Fatel, he's done a great job of, building a team and building a program, you know, that was worth, you know, uh, people talking about. So 
um, to hear some people that have, you know, a, a big voice, um, you know, say some things like uh, that the whole team was cheating in a way where um, a lot of people were convinced that we were cheating in, in numerous ways, but uh, to hear that come out and for a professional to say that was, um, you know, it was kind of a shot to Tony Vitello and his character, which um, if anybody knows him and knows, you know, how he's built the team, uh, it's been nothing but, you know, competing at a really high level and do, and going about things the right way. So um, to hear them say that, you know, I, I think it was kind of uh, pretty low, but um, also I, I think the team was, um, you know, mature enough to be able to keep playing and uh, to not let that, you know, affect them. The team aside, this was a personal dig at you. This was a personal blow to you. Now, I don't know if you've discussed this publicly or not. I know that you've discussed it privately, but you didn't fail a PED test. You didn't fail any type of test. Why is it that you missed that game? You know, ironically, it came from, uh, you know, kind of media, um, kind of, you know, um, looking for fulfillment uh, with people's opinions uh, about how I was playing, um, just a lot of stress and anxiety uh, built up over the season. And a lot of people had felt that since I had changed positions and I would learned a completely new position that, um, you know, I was the weakest, weakest part of the team. And I was kind of the, um, the chance for other teams to take down, you know, a really good team, a really talented team. So um, a lot of that pressure was, was building up. And, you know, I didn't handle it correctly of missing a game. And, um, you know, I'll have to live with the decision of, uh, you know, running from, you know, the pressure and uh, bailing on my teammates. But, um, you know, I, I really think that uh, it's a good thing that we won the games um, after that because uh, if I didn't show that I was able to play again, you know, there would be a lot of people uh, that would still be convinced that I was suspended, you know, for PEDs. Which is crazy. And we talked about this the entire show, but when the media does something like this, they put that damage out there and then they issue a little apology. Well, a lot of people don't wait around for the apology. They just hear the initial broadcast, and that's what they think of you. You're someone that's a draft prospect. You're going into one of the biggest times of your life, and you've got someone on ESPN saying that you failed a test that could make you ineligible for a draft that could hurt your entire career. I mean, that had to make the hair in the back of your neck stand up, not only you but your family, how hard you've worked to get to this position, this crucial time in your life, and they're going to put that out there about you? I mean, how do you, do you feel like it's been addressed enough and corrected enough to where that damage has been completely gone, or do you think there's still some folks that have that in the back of their mind? You know, it's always going to be a blemish, um, you know, just because it was out there on national television that uh, people can make an argument, even if for some reason I end up playing, you know, 10, 15 years from now. Uh, with some success, you know, people always have an argument of, oh, well, he took steroids, he took PEDs. Of course, he's going to have success, you know. But, um, you know, I I've been a walk-on uh, as soon as I got on campus. So to, to put myself in a position um, to be a draft guy and to have a chance at the draft, um, to have any sort of blemish, uh, even if I'm not projected first rounder or anything, to have a blemish to prevent me from having an opportunity um, kind of worries me a little bit, but uh, hopefully that... Uh, it doesn't affect it too much. Well, as somebody who's been lied about quite a bit, I can tell you this. You used your platform, and you have one. I saw your Instagram. You got that blue check. <laughs> you do what you got to do to correct it. You be loud about it. You be proud about it, and you put them in their place. Now, it was actually my boss, the founder of OutKick, who first signaled that this was happening to me when I saw it on Twitter because he was watching and heard them lie about you, Clay Travis, of course. And he actually tweeted right out of the gate, like, hey, listen, ESPN, get out your checkbook because <laughs> this might go the way of, like, the Nicholas Sandman and the Kyle Rittenhouse type stuff lying about you. They issue an apology. But I know that you're considering possibly taking some 
legal action, and it's not because you want to win a lot of money, but it's to set the record straight. Where are you with that, and do you think that's something you're going to pursue? So me and my legal team, you know, we are pursuing um, many options, um, but, but in a sense, it's kind of to prevent it from happening again. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of college baseball players, college athletes uh, that are really, you know, trying to make it and trying to make a career out of it. So um, to have anyone, you know, a professional get up there and um, in front of, you know, millions of people say something, um, you know, derogatory towards anyone uh, is kind of a, a, a tough, tough thing to do. And, and you know, I, I'm all about, um, you know, boosting people and supporting people and, and because there, there's no player that's out there that's, you know, not trying to do well and not trying to, you know, right. uh, have a good reputation and stuff like that. So um, uh, I think emotions kind of got the best of of the guy. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure he's a good, uh, pretty good analyst and stuff. But Did he call you or apologize to you? Did he reach out personally at all? That's the thing. He, he didn't reach out personally to me. And I, I, I watched the apology. And, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, looking for an apology uh, from him in particular. But um, he didn't reach out to me personally. He kind of made it. Um, you know, trying to save his, himself. He just wanted to cover his ass. That's what he was right. doing. He had to put that out there. ESPN said, oh, boy, you shouldn't put that out there. Have a little apology. Then it'll all be good. We can cover ourselves. I am not your legal team. I think you should go after them with everything that you're worth and everything that they're worth, and I think that you should put them in their place because you're not the first person this has happened to in sports, in news, in politics, in anything. And I think you should shut it all the way down. I think Tennessee would be behind you in a big way. But I'll say this. I can't for the life of me figure out why a broadcaster would say that about a college athlete and just put that out there and speculate. I mean, there was no, it's not as if he had known you. There were some rumors going on. He just threw that out there, like willy-nilly. Just thought, hey, let me just pull something out of the sky and say that about that. He might be a good guy. That wasn't a nice thing to do. That wasn't a professional thing to do. And quite frankly, that was a disgusting thing to do. And he did it, and he didn't even apologize to you personally. That's what really gets me. Yeah, and he went on to say the team you know, yeah. was going to be tested, and yeah. pretty much the whole program was about to be brought down. Um, now, listen, if they said you had COVID or something, like last year's right. debacle at you know, the College World Series with, with Vandy and all the other schools, and it was like, oh, the COVID was the big thing, if they would have just put out there like, hey, we think Evan has COVID, the whole team is going to be tested, that's one thing. People would be like, okay, nope, nobody has COVID. A little different. A little different. And it, it just it's kind of just trying to uh, make sense of a really good team and trying to, you know, um, not give credit to an opposing team, which he played at Arkansas, and there's kind of a rivalry between Arkansas and Tennessee. So um, I think there was a little there there was a little emotion uh, in what he was saying, and um, I I think it was kind of um, kind of disgusting to to bring the whole program into it as well. This is a obviously a sports uh, platform. Outkick is I'm not necessarily a sports person. I'm engaged to one, but I need to know. Why do people continually underestimate Tennessee and Tennessee baseball? You guys have done very well. You did very well when my fiancé was playing. Okay, i got to throw that out there because he's watching. <laughs> J.P. Aaron Sevia did very well playing for the Tennessee Vols. Okay? <laughs> uh, I know he's like a mentor to you, so right. whatever. He's going to watch this. God bless him. But listen, Tennessee baseball has been good and has always been good. And they just can't believe it? What's the deal here? We're in Tennessee, so this is kind of personal. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, um, the fan base, they, they took over the, the approach of uh, winning and having fun while winning. And uh, it kind of uh, upset some other fan bases and some other teams. And, um, you know, whenever you're, even in anything, whenever you're doing something well, uh, there's always going to be people to complain about it and, um, you know, try to give reason for, for why you're doing it. And 
Um, you know, so why don't you just go ahead and throw out that the kid's on drugs? You know, hey, why not, <laughs> yeah. right? That's a pretty big leap. Like, hey, you know, we're not really sure why Tennessee's doing so well, so let's just slap him with a drug accusation. It is beyond me. I cannot get over this. But I hope that you guys, I hope you guys do something. Whether it's symbolic, whether you make a whole lot of money out of it, and you have more Twitter and Instagram followers than I do, either way, I just hope that you do something. Because I think that we're going to do our part to make this a bigger story, because I think it needs to be, not just because we're in Tennessee, but I think this needs to be a bigger story because this is not just a, a little thing. In your life, this is a big thing. For Tennessee baseball, this is a big thing, and it's unacceptable. Yeah, and I, I hope that, um, you know, things can change and people can, you know, figure out that I'm not a, a person that would, you know, find ways to cheat and, you know, go against everything I believe in. So, um, but, but I agree. It, it's, uh, it, it was something that shouldn't have been said, and, um, you know, I, I think that me and my, my team will, will – We'll explore further options, and we'll see, you know, what the best things are for me, for me to right. do. Well, we're going to be following it. We're going to keep up with it. And when something happens, if something does happen, we hope you'll come back to Nashville and to Outkick, and you'll tell us all about it. And until then, go Vols. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Vol now, so that's where <laughs> we are. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you. All right, coming up next, apparently women competing in women's sports is a controversial thing in 2022, and you know I have some final thoughts. That's next. World Swimming's governing body finally did the right thing and banned most biological men from competing in women's events. The new gender inclusion policy restricts biological males from competing in women's events if they transitioned after age 12. Now, the spokesperson for the organization was careful to clarify, and likely much to the dismay of far-left fringe activists, this age parameter isn't meant to encourage 11-year-olds to transition, thank God, but rather put in place because the science, the Actual science, not the science liberals tend to apply only when it fits the narrative, suggests it's post-puberty transition that gives these male-born athletes the competitive and unfair advantage. But this announcement by FINA has sure caused an uproar. Why women competing in women's events is now seen as controversial or defined as bigoted or transphobic is beyond me, but it's a sign of the times, I guess. Hell, I probably shouldn't be surprised half of our politicians can't or won't define what a woman is in the first place. Though, out of the other side of their mouths, they're preaching about women's rights and female empowerment. Correct me if I'm wrong, but preserving the integrity of women's sports and ensuring that women are given a fair and even playing field to compete sounds like a pretty good definition of female empowerment and women's rights to me. And you'd think self-proclaimed feminists like, I don't know, women's soccer star Megan Rapinoe would be all for it. But damn, there I go thinking again. That's practically illegal in Woke 2022. Duh. Nope. In a recent interview, Rapinoe said she's all for trans inclusion and believes athletes should be able to play in the same arena as the gender they identify with. She also went on to defend her position of trans inclusion, saying, and I quote, people do not know very much about it. We're missing almost everything. Frankly, I think what a lot of people know is versions of the rights talking points because they're very loud, they're very consistent, and they're relentless. <laughs> Damn us right-wingers in our relentless defense of women playing women's sports. How dare we be consistent and all? Maybe it's better or at least more convenient to play fast and loose with our positions like Megan Rapino. Megan Rapinoe has been one of the most vocal advocates of equal pay in women's soccer, even though women's soccer as a whole is less viewed, less attended, and less lucrative than men's soccer. But still, 
Megan and others like her believe when it comes to a paycheck, women should have a level playing field to make money. But I guess not a level playing field to compete and reach the level of professional status it takes to make said money. And don't even try to pull the Leah Thomas farce and say male-born athletes don't have an advantage. That's like Joe Biden telling us gas is cheap and inflation is low. Come on, man. Leah Thomas's rankings bounced from 462 as a male to number one as a female. She didn't just practice makes perfect her way all the way up that totem pole. Here's the deal, folks. I'm not anti-trans. I really couldn't care less what someone chooses to identify as or what is or isn't in their pants. I don't want to pay for it, and I don't want it pushed on children. But as far as grown adults making their own decisions about what body parts to keep, delete, or add, don't care. I generally am of the belief that as long as what you personally do with your life and body doesn't harm anyone else, go for it. But that's the thing. When it comes to men competing as women, harm is done. And I'm tired of the trans community and trans activists constantly saying we need to bow to what makes them happy or fulfilled. What about the girls who work their tails off to compete only to lose to someone who has a biological advantage? What about what makes them happy and fulfilled? Why does that matter less? Because it's not woke? Because it doesn't look as good on a t-shirt at Target? No, sorry, that's BS. And if a new open competition category needs to be created, so be it. Go for it. Most of us consistent right-wingers don't take issue with that. This argument, at least for me, isn't about degrading, delegitimizing, or excluding the trans community. It's about preserving the integrity of women's sports and ensuring that these girls don't have opportunities or accolades robbed from them. That's it. Shouldn't be controversial. And those are my final thoughts. From Nashville, God bless and take care.